Welcome to part two of episode 76. Uh, If you haven't heard part one yet, you should go there first, because it sets up what you're about to hear. So enjoy, we'll talk to you at the end. In this, it's, yeah, it's so weird how I can just, like, really remember, uh, Justin, like, every little stupid little detail in it. Even 10 years later, huh? Oh, yeah, just like it was last night. Wow. And, um, I I don't know how those images, how those details get burnt into your brain, but, um, you know, I won't get into every single little detail, but just know that there is a lot. Uh-huh. And um, so anyway, I in this dream, I walked into this cafe and this it's kind of like this um, kind of homesteady, down home kind of wooden floors, tall ceilings, stamped tin ceilings. Okay. Uh, big big wooden counter with you know baristas behind the counter and jars full of stuff glass jars with like teas and coffees and maybe some biscottis and just stuff like that okay and so i walk in and i i ordered something and turned around and went to go sit down there were all these kind of small two three seater tables around and there were a lot of people in there too you know maybe maybe 20 to 30 people kind of sitting around and I remember thinking how at home I felt there and how I didn't know anyone but everybody seemed like they knew me in some way or were they were everyone was just really comfortable comfortable with who they were where they were and the other people that were around and it kind of just uh infiltrated my being the same way i just felt really comfortable and i was by myself but didn't really feel that way and so um i found a table and sat down and was just kind of taken in the day and there were like these big bay windows out you know in the front of this this cafe and sun was shining outside just a beautiful gorgeous day and i look outside and i see this like really beautiful young girl maybe like six or seven years old something like that and she had this really cute little little two-wheeler bicycle that had like some almost like training wheels even though that seems like it might be she might be too old for that I don't know but she was kind of having this 
little hang up on her bike. One of the wheels wasn't turning or something was wrong with the chain or something. And, um, I'm just kind of watching her from inside the cafe the door is open and I'm just like looking out there, watching her, trying to figure it out. And so I decided to go out there and help try to see if I can fix this for her. And so I go outside and she's out there and she's not perturbed in the least. In fact, she's like smiling and I take a look at, her bike kind of sized up what was going on real quick and fixed it for her right away. And she, you know, not much of not much talking going on between her and I. Um, but you know, she gets on her bike and you know, she's smiling and she's like kind of starts to pedal away down the sidewalk and she's like, looking back at me and then turning back around and riding and looking back at me. It almost seemed like she wanted me to come along with her, to follow her. And so I kind of took the cue and started, Oh, I don't know where this is going, but I started following her down the sidewalk and up ahead, a front of her, you know, maybe 15 20 yards, I see my dad and he's also walking in that same direction, sort of away from me on the sidewalk. And she's now it's obvious that she's like leading me towards my dad. Mm -hmm. And at some point she just sort of dissipates and she's not even there anymore and i see my dad and i'm kind of closing in hot in on him but i'm just watching i'm not i didn't like yell for him for him or anything like that i don't, I don't even know if he was aware that i was heading his way i mean i think he was but it didn't seem like that in the dream and so i'm getting closer and i notice he's like stops in front of this house and it's sort of like a almost like a New Orleans style house where the entrance of the house is like literally like right off the sidewalk. Like you just mm -hmm. take one step off the sidewalk and you're in the house. Right. Um, and he's at a house like that and he's got this drill in his hand, like a, you know, cordless power, power drill. And he's got this drill bit on it and he's drilling, trying to drill through the glass window pane of the house. It's kind of a big glass window and he's at it, the center of it, just like trying to drill through the glass. And I just was just like, well, that's really weird. What are you, it's not even a glass diamond bit or anything like that, you know, it's like, what, what is he, what is he trying to do there? And so I get closer and closer and he kind of puts the drill down and goes into the house, the house, the doors left open and I go in and he's sitting at this chair, this kind of like lazy boy kind of chair, really comfortable. 
and you know sort of standard dad garb flannel nice soft flannel shirt and all that he's just sitting there and there's another chair right next to him and so i sat down in that chair and i'm like looking around i don't recognize the place or anything in it um but there is a television that's on with just some random stuff going on and we're we're sitting there and um something comes up on the screen you know a newscaster or somebody's talking about something and it they they say something about sff or ssf something like that one one of those two for sure Mm -hmm. and i was just like huh what is that and my dad was like oh you don't know ssf it's you know blah 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 and he started to like break this concept down to me this abstract concept that i wasn't really understanding i wasn't really getting but it was an idea or concept that he was trying to convey to me and it just seemed totally new and different and weird and unique to me in the dream and it was a little difficult to follow, but um, from where he was, he knew all about it and seemed somewhat surprised that I didn't. And so I'm trying to like wrap my mind around what that could be. And then, you know, just being next to him again, I started to sort of just become really emotional. I I just couldn't believe that, you know, my dad's dead. What am I, how can I be right next to him and um, seeing him? And I kind of reached over to touch him and I put my hand like on his chest and I started to like rub his chest, like over his heart. And I felt like the warmth of his body. And I felt how soft his, his shirt was. And man, it just started, I just started to become like overwhelmed in my dream by just having this feeling of just being with him again. It was, there was nothing else in the world that I wanted more than that at that time. So it just kind of became so emotional that I ended up waking myself up from the dream and just woke up just totally in tears. My pillow was soaked. I had tears running down my face everywhere. And I was just like, Oh my God, like what the hell? What was that? And, um, I, you know, immediately started to try breaking it down and my mom, my mother's pretty good with dream stuff. So I called her, was asking her what it meant. And, um, everyone kind of had their, their own ideas and perspectives, but nothing really quite, nothing really resonated with me as like an absolute truth and uh, the deciphering of what happened. And 
you know, the biggest thing for me after that dream was like, what the hell is this SSF thing? Right. Um, and I started to become sort of obsessed with it. I thought he was trying to tell me, he was obviously trying to tell me something or educate me on some concept and I wasn't getting it. And that was frustrating in itself. But then I just started to like, you know, jump on Google and I was Googling SSF and all this random stuff was coming up and retreat centers. And I was thinking, well, maybe I need to go to the East coast of this retreat center, or maybe I need to go to this school or just, but nothing resonated. Nothing was like calling. Nothing was like, Oh, that's it. Right. And, um, so I just sort of had this, this on all these, no answers and it just sort of plagued me for years like you know i would be driving in the city or or driving on the highway somewhere and i would see ssf as part of somebody's license plate and i would just try to speed up in traffic to see who they were or if i knew them or where they were going or uh-huh. you know just there are countless examples like that where I would see the SSF in something, you know, obviously you're kind of, you know, I was like looking for it. Right. Right. And, um, it, and so the more that stuff would happen, sort of the more, uh, uh, frustrating it would get because I was not getting answers from anything I was seeing, reading, um, researching, chance experiencing all of that so this went on for for several years and i just kind of just started to like let it go and um you know one thing that i feel is true and 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 death and having somebody pass is nothing really helps except for time and I don't know if it's be some sort of um, being desensitized to the experienced over that time or what it is, but I really found that to be true. It's, it's why I can get this far in this story without breaking down. Um, so, um, a few years go by and, um, I still, you know, still have all these questions. Um, but I guess to back up just a tad about six months after my dad passed away, I bumped into an old friend of mine in Santa Cruz at a bar there. And I knew that his father had just passed away as well. I didn't know how or anything. And you know, we kind of got on the subject at even, I don't even think it was six months, man. I think it was just maybe three or four months after, because I know I was still like pretty far in the dumps over things. Yeah. And so I think I'm a few months in on dealing with him, my dad being gone and started talking to my buddy, Ryan, and he, uh, 
you know, says, you know, my dad died the same way. I think his dad was like 61 or 62, also really young, died of a heart attack, sort of unexpected out of nowhere. He was also really close to his dad, did a ton of stuff with him all the time and very active in each other's lives. And so it was really cool for me at that time to come across somebody that was had been or was in my shoes because it's a really difficult thing to explain to people and unless you've been there you just don't know and i felt you know that a lot of friends and family didn't know who i who i was at that point in my life because i was going through that and if you hadn't experienced it you don't know so i felt a uh, uh, alienated from a lot of friends and family because of that experience. But um, anyway, we're talking at the bar and sort of, you know, just discussing how like kind of fucked up it was and is and where we were at and stuff. And he says, you know, there is a way that you can still have relationship with your dad and still still maybe even see him and have exchanges and still be with his energy and all this stuff and i was just like what what you know what are you what are you talking about like honestly i thought he was talking about like you know if kill killing myself like suicide or something right so um yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what the heck he was talking about. And then he starts diving in to um, start telling me about this plant medicine called ayahuasca. And I'd never heard of it at the time. And um, so this is nine plus years ago. And I didn't know what he was talking about, but he always, he's really into plant medicines and uh, psychedelics and all that kind of stuff, but has a really good uh, rooted sense of being and has never like gone too far out or tripped out too much. And he's like pretty well together dude and pretty educated and open-minded and all that stuff. So I was willing to hear what, interested in what he had to say about it, especially the subject matter being, you know, the topic being, I could still have this relationship with my dad. Right. So, um, he starts telling me about ayahuasca and what he knew of it at the time and how he had read, um, people having, um, these rekindled experiences with their ancestors while um on this medicine ayahuasca and i was just like wow um well even if there's like a small chance of me you know reconnecting with my father in this um more real than real way while on this um medicine then you know i'm all about it
hadn't done it himself? He just had read a movie? No, no, he hadn't done it himself. Um, he's like one of these guys that will really just dive into researching any particular thing that becomes interesting to himself. It's like he'll almost become like an expert on it uh-huh. <laughs> without even really, you know, experiencing, experiencing it. it. Yeah. And so, um, and he's a friend I tr- I've, you know, I, I trust and love and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't think it was like a bunch of bullshit or anything like that. I was really just uh, excited about this, the idea, just the idea. Um, so I started researching it on my own and kind of also just dove in and got really deep on it and... <clears throat> Um, thought it was just fascinating and such a shame that it's, you know, I, I believe it's a schedule deemed as a schedule one drug and, you know, it's definitely not a drug. And I, I've since hear a lot of people referencing it as that, but if you've ever experienced it, it's definitely not, Mm -hmm. um, and I, uh, you know, just saw that a lot of it was taking place down in South America and Central America where it was being brewed up. And um, these ceremonies are led by um, shaman and ayahuascaros that are very um, well versed in using it. And it's definitely a key part of the experience is having somebody there that knows what's to come. Right. And so there wasn't really much access to it where I was. And I just kind of felt like, well, if I wanted to experience it, I have to go down to the jungle and tap into it down there. And I didn't really have money or time um, to do that. And it all seemed like pretty scary and stuff anyway. Although I was really interested, I just didn't think the timing was quite right for me to embark in, in such a long-winded journey. So um, I kind of just cast it aside and um, still doing like reading a lot of um, books on it and interviews and watching stuff online and whatnot and totally mixed experiences. Yeah, there were some people talking about the kind of stuff Ryan was talking about, but there was also a lot of kind of horrifying stuff. And I knew through my own personal experience, you know, dabbling just a tad with LSD and more so with um, psychoactive mushrooms that I knew a huge part of the experience is, you know, uh, setting mind mindset, um, physical environmental setting and dosage and um you know where somebody's at in their life and what's going on in them and around them is a huge part of their outcome so i ne- i didn't really take a lot of people's experiences like oh well that's the experience i'm gonna have because i know it's different for everybody and um so i just kind of was like well That'll be a cool thing to experience at some point, but I just don't see it in the cards anywhere. So I kind of just left it at that. Still had all these questions about 
that dream I had had with my dad. And, um, I ended up just kind of not thinking about it for a while, just because it was getting so exhausting to me. Um, not, not still nourishing my relationship with my dad. I still called on him all the time. I still talked to him all the time and I was still seeing results from that, um, ongoing communication. So I was just kind of sticking with it. And, um, so then, yeah, as you know, I moved up to Mendocino from the Bay area and was getting into some kind of different worlds up here and experiencing new people and people that are very in tune with themselves and nature just on the basis of just being surrounded by it all the time. It's a totally different energy. And, um, a friend of mine said, um, Hey, you know, have, have you or your lady Valentine ever done ayahuasca? And I hadn't. And of course my ears perked up right away and was just like, no, but you know, I, 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 I know a bit about it and I'm very interested and whatnot and why, you know, and, he said, well, I, we have, uh, you know, ceremonies here on the coast every so often, maybe two or three times a year. And, um, if you're interested, there's one coming up here pretty soon and in about a week or so, um, if you're, if you're up, I'd like to, if you're up for it, I'd like to invite you to the ceremony and, man, I just thought, wow, a week away, I've got all this kind of stuff going on. And I was aware that there's a, a dieta, a, a specific um, diet that precedes the ceremony that sort of helps your body deal with what it's about to go through. And I wasn't, I didn't think that I had enough time to get that diet into place and whatnot. So I was a little like, ah, maybe it's too soon, but man, just such a big part of me was just saying, this is it. This is your chance. This is your gateway in. This is a a new loving friend that is um, presenting a pretty special opportunity. So I ended up saying, yeah, I, I, I want to, I would love to do it. So I just started prepping myself and um, just trying to really let go of things and not have any, even though, you know, in my head, I really wanted a particular outcome. I knew that it's really hard to get what you want. And especially with ayahuasca, where she really has a reputation of giving you more what you need right what you want and that your want and and her needs are and your needs are totally different most of the time that's what i've heard yeah so um you know but in this ceremony there's maybe about a dozen or so people and um i you know, you're supposed to, you know, they kind of vet you on the phone and you talk a little bit about what your experience with it 
has been if you've done it before or what sort of what you can expect and how to sort of position your your mind frame and your body to best be deal to deal with it when you go through it so there was a little bit of that and um they definitely you know request that you have some sort of intention involved i think it kind of helps focus your energy a little bit um more specifically instead of um having a really broad um series of outcomes or things that could happen with it they kind of want you to to focus things in a little bit so um so yeah i heading over to where this ceremony is and it couldn't have been more convenient it's about 20 miles up the road from me literally like three turns from my driveway and um i'm driving over there and on my way over there i see there's a snake that crossed the road in front of me i actually had to like slow down to not run it over Uh and i thought man that's that's interesting um I haven't had that experience in front of me for quite a while, if ever. And so, yeah, I head over to uh, partake in this ceremony and it's a two night adventure and, you know, dressed in all, all white, very comfortable clothing. Um, and, uh, I pull up, I'm a little bit early because I know the location and I've got a couple friends that live at the house there. One, one is uh, my friend that invited me to it. So I figured I can come a little bit early and just kind of get comfortable. And so I am a little bit early and I park and open up the gate to his backyard. And there's, um, there's just this really beautiful young woman sort of uh, relaxing, stretching, doing some kind of yoga-esque positions in his backyard. And I've never seen her before, but she was just really beautiful, really um, radiant. Um, I wasn't like attracted to her in any kind of a sexual way or anything, but I just really appreciated just how beautiful uh, a woman she was and I walk in and you know she says oh you must be Billy um, our friend had told told her about me and she was saying how excited she was that I was there and just really made me feel comfortable right away and it turns out that she was not the one uh, really facilitating the ceremony, but, um, assisting in it. And, um, in this ceremony, it's under the church of the Daimi tradition, which, um, is a church, uh, established down in Brazil. I can't remember when I want to say in the eighties or, 70s or something like that the daimi church it's sort of a um, amalgamation of um, uh, catholicism more like folky catholicism and 
Um, there's some African influence and there's some, um, almost like, uh, um, shaman influence into it as well. And there are a lot of songs involved, almost like going to a Catholic church or something like that. Just tons of hymns to sing. And, um, that's part of it, mm -hmm. part of the ceremony. And this woman knew like every song sort of associated with the daimi and just had this just beautiful, just beautiful, beautiful, angelic voice. And, um, so yeah, we're kind of prepping for ceremony and it's the first night and, you know, I throw out, I throw out my attention to the group and stuff. And it's, you know, basically to connect with my father and try and get some guidance from him and some clarity on some things and all of that. And, um, you know, the ceremony begins and I, I drink, um, I drink my, my portion of, um, the first serving of ayahuasca and, um, not as, not as bad to get down as I had read. And, um, you know, things start, things start kicking in and I was just, you know, absolutely blown away by how beautiful it was, by how good it made me feel, and by how strikingly psychedelic it, it was. And like I said, I've done other um, hallucinogens and more with mushrooms and stuff, but you know, this would be like the equivalent of like taking a wheelbarrow full of mushrooms, you know, right. the, the heroic dose times 10 you know uh -huh. and so there's really nothing that can prepare you for that side of it and um you know i just i sort of had this uh quizessential um beautiful psychedelic experience to the max i mean i was blasting through the cosmos shooting rainbows out of my hands <laughs> flying on crazy crystals um and just saw so many colors like colors and shapes and designs and you know the songs of the daimi were you know i i saw like the icaros the icaros are like the the shapes forms and colors that are associated with certain sounds you'll mm. you'll see a lot of these kind of designs and the artwork and blankets and stitching and, and clothing and garb that's worn down in South America and Central America. They infuse this, the, the Icaros designs into all that stuff. And so it was just beautiful just to be able to see sound, to be able to see music and the, these ethereal voices and singing just like come to life. And it was just really, um, you know, the most uh, amazing, beautiful experience I've ever had in my life.
not everybody has that sort of uh, experience. Like I said, it can go to pretty dark places. Um, but again, I feel like a lot of that is where you are in your life, your personal mindset and, and all that. And I feel like I felt pretty good about who I was and where I was in that at that time in my life. So I think things um, will lend themselves to be a little bit more smooth for you a lot of the times because of that, but not mm -hmm. always. So, you know, I ended up like, you know, um, coming down, if you will, um, basically like laying on a bed of these iridescent jaguars, just jaguars all over the place, crazy coats of just iridescent, um, um, almost like shimmering butterfly birds of paradise kind of electric colors all over these jaguar. And I was like one of them. They were watching over me. I was literally Justin laying on a pile of like 20 or 30 of them <laughs> with their face in my face, with my hands like grabbing their their teeth. And awesome. yeah, just like, what the hell, you know, like, what the fuck? This is insane. <laughs> and it really, really was. And that's sort of how I came out of it that first night, just totally exhausted, but totally blissed out and just like, oh my God, that was the most amazing experience I've ever had. Um, nothing with my father came up that first night at all. And I was totally fine with that. I wasn't disappointed. In fact, after that experience, I basically had left the idea and notion of connecting with him alone. I realized that, um, that she's going to show me what she's going to show me. And, you know, by she, I mean her, it's, it's a very feminine energy it's yeah, yeah. you know it's some it, people refer to, refer to mother, mother 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 ayahuasca. yeah mother ayahuasca mother nature mother mother earth all of right. that you know that that whole nurturing um aspect is just so strong it's it's just so feminine it's there's absolutely no question so I just kind of like, well, she's going to show me what she wants to show me and things are going to go where she wants to go. I cannot, you know, steer this ride whatsoever. So I'm not even going to try. And, you know, once your, once your ego releases any idea of, you know, having any sort of control, the sooner that happens, you know, the better for you, the faster you can enjoy the experience. A lot of people spend a lot of time fighting with their ego and they never can sort of break through and never have the experience that they're meant for because they can't say sayonara to their ego. Right. So, um, that was the first night. And, um, like I said, I let all notions go and, um, <laughs> second night, rolls around and my intention was to show me what you're you want to show me show me what i need to be shown 
no expectations. I'm happy for whatever. I have already, after the first night, I'm just totally blissed out and totally in a state of, um, you know, I'm just uh, a, a servant in this this mass cosmos universal world that I'm in. And I, I really don't know jack shit. And I'm not <laughs> going to try and know jack shit. Right. I just, I just want to be, to be shown whatever you think I need to be shown you being mother ayahuasca. And so, um, you know, the second night and the first night I, I took quite a bit, I think I drank three times and, you know, a lot of people just drink once and maybe push it to drinking twice and i will say it was very difficult for me to get that third dosage down but i i went for it so the the second night i'm thinking man i have i've got to take i i i don't have to i i kind of wanted to go a little bit further and push things so i thought i was going to have to take even more and actually what happened was the opposite i i feel like since she was already in me in my blood in my body in my spirit that the second night you know i took the first you know serving and it, it was a smaller serving and i could barely get it down and it was definitely a very small serving and, you know, I sort of laid down and, you know, some music is being played and songs are being sung and it's just really beautiful. And, you know, I'm just trying to like ground myself and I uh, immediately, well, not immediately, but a, a few minutes into it where last time it took like maybe the first night it took uh half hour 40 minutes before i started to really experience things i would say within a few minutes i was back into this world and wow. immediately i was greeted by mother ayahuasca um she showed herself to me her face she just came right up to me and she was just massive and very sort of indian looking with you know big ear piercings and um she looked like a shaman you know she looked like this wild iridescent um jungle mother um, very profound, just like, oh man, just very, um, like I was obviously in the presence of something just spectacular and just beyond anything I've ever seen or experienced or knew of. And so that was my greeting right away. It was just like, hello, I'm, uh, you know, this is this is what I look like or one, one of the ways that I look. And I was just totally humbled and, you know, tears pouring down my face and was just in complete awe. And she sort of subsides and all of a sudden in front of me sort of hovering in space, I see this symbol and it turns out this symbol 
is called the Sri Yantra. And it's an ancient symbol, um, earliest, like as far as like where it comes from, I think is a little bit obscured, but I think it's originating in India hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And I see the symbol and it's sort of electrified. It's almost like neon, uh, glowing symbol. And I, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I recognize that symbol. In fact, I remember at the time I was like, I've seen that symbol like on the back of like a Volkswagen bus before, like a sticker on a Volkswagen bus. Mm-hmm. And I knew absolutely nothing about it. Didn't have a sticker of it. Didn't have a t-shirt of it. Didn't know what it was called. Didn't know what, where it was from. I honestly, I kind of assumed it was just uh, this cool symbol that somebody in contemporary times designed. And it's a symbol sort of made up of many, many triangles with a center point. And the center point has a name, which I can't recall, but it's often used in meditation. And it turns out that this symbol, the Sriantra, it is used a lot in meditation and it is seen as a gateway symbol. And so this Sriantra is floating in space in front of me and I'm just sort of mildly hypnotized by it, how like cool it looks and just like, wow, okay, just kind of taking it in. And underneath this glowing symbol, I see SFF (laughs) right under the symbol. And I'm like, holy shit. That's what my dad was trying to show me or tell me about. And as soon as I could process that, you know, a second or two later, I'd process that connection, obviously. Um, the, the SSF turned into what looked to me like some Sanskrit. Um, so not as abbreviated, uh, longer text, but it definitely was recognizable as what I thought was Sanskrit. And then as soon as I could process that, the Sanskrit turned into some sort of like alien text. It was definitely text still and saying something, but it was almost like a alien offshoot of Sanskrit or something, some possibly ancient or possibly futuristic combination. And, um, as soon as I process that, I basically shot through the Sriantra symbol and found myself basically, you know, jettison just going a, 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 a zillion miles per second through this cosmic corridor 
going upwards and just blasting through the universe, blasting through the cosmos, blasting through so much energy and light and radiance and just uh, a gazillion miles a second. It was just almost, it was just overwhelming, you know? Wow. Um, so I, I'm blasting through the cosmos and I pop out in what I can only describe and assume is what we here on earth call heaven. And I just, you know, I, I wasn't in my body. It was, it was more of just like it was my soul that was there. And it was just, pure love like more love than anything just uh acceptance love beauty tranquility peace just uh, you know everything that we all want to attain all the gurus all the the great teachers the um everything where anything good all the goodness all the love and peace that is like is from there And so I found myself in this space. I found my soul in this place. And who was there? My grand my grandfather was there. My dad was there. And like I said, it's not I didn't see them physically. 
the, 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 you know, this is just a receptacle that we're in here on earth. This is, it's just skin and bones and blood and, and cells and there's no need for it in this other space. And so it was just, you know, it was undeniably my grandfather, undeniably my father, not in a physical form, in this soul spirit form, whatever you want to call it. It was as, as if I was, you know, standing there like uh, hugging them or, or just embracing with them and having that physical loving connection that happens when you embrace somebody that you love. This is what was happening, but on this non tangible level and man, there was just so much information being transcribed, being, um, downloaded, if you will, in my head at, you know, in split seconds, just so much was coming in. And I was taking in the vibe of where I was and uh, taking in being there with my, my grandfather, being there with my father and like everything also like clicking as far as the dream that I had had after he died. Um, right. um, all the connections, I saw the little girl as, as being the woman that was helping to facilitate the ceremony, the, the beautiful woman with the beautiful voice how she helped take me there in this ceremony. Um, cool, cool. You know, I think the, the whole drilling through the glass pane was just my dad trying to tell me that there is like a way to break through. Um, you know, I, I still don't know the specifics of what SFF meant or SSF meant. I don't think looking back now, I don't think it was stood for anything. I just think it was his way of sort of wrangling me into um, this abstract concept and abstract place to sort of plant the seed and to give me something to chomp into and to give me something to recognize when I did come to that doorway, when I did see that Sri Yantra and to have it be without a doubt, um, um, the, the writing on the wall for me to enter, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, I'm just, I'm in this space and I'm taking it all in and I'm seeing that my, my, my ancestors are there, that they're with me. Um, I'm also getting this really broad scope of like time and, and how vast time is and how, uh, uh, you know, 10 years, a hundred years is just like not even a drop in a bucket. Like a thousand, 10,000 years isn't even a drop in a bucket. Like the scope is just so massive. And I remember having this idea that, Oh, my, my dad, my grandfather have passed, but they probably want, you know, I, I believe in reincarnation and, and us coming back to this plane if we want to. And I was I'll, always had this sort of concern about, my grandfather or my dad wanting to move on from the plane that they're on to come back. And that if they did that, maybe they wouldn't be able to watch over me and give me guidance. But in this split second moment, they, in that space, they really were just like, no, we're not going anywhere. We're in no rush. Live your life. 
we're staying right here. We'll be here for you when you pass over too. And, um, you know, just don't, don't fear anything. Just live your life, love. And all I could do is just, you know, try and take in as much of this is not even real information per se. It's more just like feeling it's more like love compounded and, um, and just how deep love really is. I mean, it's really the most important thing, man. It's the most, it's, it's what we're here for. We're here to love and to be loved and to project that and to nourish that. And all these ideas were being solidified in me and in, in that space that I was um, there with them. And then, man, it just got to be so fucking overwhelming. Like, you know, try walking in Heaven's Gate and see how long you can hang out without, you know, <laughs> just losing your exactly. shit. Exactly. I, I, I don't know. How, well, any other way to explain it, then it was just overwhelming, but just deep and vast and, and, and love. And, um, so yeah, man, I just, I just, I broke down in tears and I sort of got pulled back down out of that space and back into my body all of a sudden and I was just over fucking flowing with love and thankfulness and um you know all these answers that I've had for so long like every specific little fucking detail was just broken down for me and um you know I had no I, I had no more worry about where he was or where I was going to be, or if we'll ever be connected again or what happens after we die. Like, dude, so many just like huge life epiphanies happened in just a few um, moments. Um, it's just really, it was just really overwhelming. And like I said, I just came back down and I was just like, you know, curled up in a ball on my side, just, uh, just like crying and releasing and being relieved and being loved and having just all this clarity about who I am and where I came from and where I'm going to go and where th everything is from. And just, it's just crazy, man. It's just fucking crazy. And, um, so yeah, man, that, that, that's the experience that I had and it just has, you know, come full circle as far as giving me perspective on my life and the connections that I have with my father and how I was right that they still are there. And I have no, absolutely no question in my mind that there is this other side, that there is this place. You, you can call it heaven. You can call it Valhalla. You can call it whatever you want to call it. People have been calling it whatever they're going to call it for thousands of years. doesn't matter what the name is. Um, what matters is it's there. And I think, you know, there's, there's a certain solace that comes along with that knowing and it's really helped me, um, you know, 
move forward and, and where I am and to let a lot of baggage go and to also um, be more in touch with nature and and life and just living and, and knowing who I am and knowing that when this world is when this world is done for me, I've got something like that to look forward to, you know, not too shabby. Yeah. I mean, I know I kind of went off there and didn't leave much space for you to ask questions along the way, but, um, and I, I, I appreciate you letting me get into that flow. Cause really I was right back there again. So, um, I apologize for the long windedness of what I just said. Don't worry about it, man. It's it was great to hear you tell it, and I didn't I didn't want to interject. I wanted to hear, you know. Cool. I wanted you to, you know, experience it as you did, as you had, so that there weren't too many interruptions. Nice. But, um, yeah. And I actually, I mean, I've heard. I know quite a few people have done ayahuasca, and have had sort of the whole range of it, um, the whole range of effects, and it sounds like what you just described is as close to perfect as you could ever hope for. And it's kind of, it's kind of what everybody, you know, it's the dream experience that everybody is going into it, hoping they'll have. And so it's kind of a letdown when it's anything less than that. Um, You know, I have friends who have done it and had nothing happen at all. And I think it, like you said, it has to do with, where they were in their lives and what, you know, it's basically, they weren't ready. You know, mother ayahuasca wasn't ready to show them, show them what they're due to receive sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, I think it's, uh, each person experiences their version of it in their time. And, but some people are also meant to be, uh, leaders in these sorts of things and kind of, you know, open doors to let others through. Yeah, for sure. It's good to share it and talk about it and just expose more people to these ideas. And hopefully more and more people will be picking them up along the way and sharing, spreading the good word. Yeah, man. Well, and on that note, I really appreciate what you're doing and getting people's stories and putting them together and asking the questions that you're asking and reaching out to the people that you're reaching out to. I, you know, I don't really feel like my, any of my stories are more relevant or more special than the next person's. And so, um, I really appreciate, um, you pulling this one out of me and I've been actually looking for a way to sort of document it. And so this um, was pretty therapeutic for me just in in that way and just getting it out there and man, just thinking about the potential of other people hearing it and stuff and where, what direction that may, may take them is, is kind of exciting to think about too. So um, yeah, man, I, I, I appreciate the um, life stories that you're putting together with your podcast and um, the exciting potentials that come out of all of them thanks man i appreciate that a lot uh awesome well thank you so much for being one of them and um uh, it's it's great to hear hear more about your depth and what goes on in your in your particular being mm. uh, 
And it's awesome. I'm actually going to take your, you know, your uh, sort of thinking of ancestors and talking to them. I'm taking that to heart. I'm going to start to investigate that a bit more just in my regular waking life. Nice, man. I think I, I have. I have a really rich dream life that I'm very thankful for. And I have all kinds of crazy experiences there mm. that, that make it feel like it's actually another entire existence yeah. with, with this same consciousness, mm -hmm. but, but it's much freer and, and fluid. But um, I want to, I want to work on bringing that into the, into my waking life, which is often uh, frustrating because I'm, you know, I'm aware of all this other stuff and I feel trapped often in this body. I feel like my, my body and my mind are, they're useful vessels for getting around and, and processing information, but they often, I feel like I'm held back by them because I just know there's so much more outside the. Yeah. So. I think we're, we're a bit hindered in that way, but um, in the grand scheme of things, this container is pretty darn beautiful and, and amazing and, and can serve us in so many ways. It's true. Yeah. Um, but you know, another thing my grandfather used to say is, you know, it's a bitch getting old. Don't, don't get old, you know, kind of joking around. Uh -huh. I think, you know, I didn't really get that as a kid, but being in my mid forties now, definitely, you know, got to put the reading glasses on and definitely getting sore from doing whatever I do, my daily activities and yeah. certain things that kind of start to slow us down physically. But, um, you know, if this was just a unrelenting, full-on full-on ride for ever and ever i don't think it would um have the majestic beauty that's attached to you know a 90 year old um quest on this earth the same way it's so true we just got to be thankful for what we got and try to keep it in tune as much as possible Words to live by. Yeah, I'm still going to have some ice cream tonight, though. Okay, good. <laughs> but enjoy your treats, too. Yeah. <clears throat> cool, man. All right, well, th thanks again, Bailey. I really enjoyed talking to you. All right, brother. I really appreciate you reaching out. For sure. And uh, let's keep in touch. Yeah, man. Keep, keep me posted. And if you need anything else or need something clarified or want to add another little snippet that you know, clarify something a little bit better or, or whatever. I'm, I'm open to whatever, um, whatever comes your way that you, you think will make it a better experience for people to hear. Sounds good, brother. Thank you. All right. Keep me posted, bro. I will for sure. All right. Have a good evening. Thanks for your time. Yeah, you too. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Peace. Thanks for listening everybody that was my friend billy sprague uh his last name is spelled 
S-P-R-A-G-U-E. And um, please go check out his artwork. Uh, it comes in many forms. Uh, he's on. He has three accounts on Instagram. The first is just his name, Billy Sprague. And the second is all of his uh, his leather work, which is incredible. It's definitely something you got to check out. Um, I don't. It wouldn't even make sense for me to try to describe it. You should just go see it. So that is at Obsidian Monarch, all one word. And um, his newest account is uh, dedicated to the mushroom knives that he makes. Um, he's a, a mushroom forager, and he makes these really cool knives with brushes on the handle. A knife on one end, handle a uh, brush on the other. And then he decorates the, the handles themselves, and they're made from... Sometimes bone, sometimes antler, sometimes uh, wood, and they're beautiful. So those are also on Instagram, and it's at Lone Wolf Mushroom Knives, and put uh, an underscore in between each of those words. Lone underscore wolf underscore mushroom underscore knives. Okay, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, I I hope that. You take care of yourselves and each other. And I will be here again to speak to you very soon. <laughs>